0: Thank mm-hmm. you. dial is not in service at this time. Sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Elaine, welcome back to the show. One minute and 43 seconds, a true unsolved Mysteries podcast. How are you? Thanks for having me back. <laughs> Anytime, Elaine. You're always welcome back. I, I've said it before, you should just be a permanent host. I mean, geez, I know I how, really should. How many episodes <laughs> have you been on now?
1: Oh, I haven't counted question.
0: them. I'll count them and then I'll we'll figure it out.
1: Yeah, you should.
0: Anyway, thank you for being on. I always think you bring a great perspective uh, to these cases. You're very thoughtful and it's just good to have your voice lended to these. So thanks. Thank you.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Sorry.
0: I tried to sound articulate. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it. Okay. Um, So Elaine, the case I have today uh, is another very unique one. Last time we talked about uh, a woman that was a living Jane Doe. This one is a disappearance. However, it's not just a disappearance of one person, it's the disappearance of an entire family.
1: Oh,
0: which is absolutely insane and also, of course, very tragic. Um, I also want to warn you that some of the subject material we're going to discuss is a little, um, it's like dark. What they're like, some of the stuff that happened in this woman's life was really dark. So listener discretion is advice. So today we're going to be discussing the disappearance of the Jack family. And here is the Jack family. Hmm. 26 year old Ronnie Jack, 26 year old Doreen Jack. That's his wife. um, Nine year old Russell and four year old Ryan. Ryan this disappearance happened in 1989. Okay. Oh, so as you can probably imagine there, it's a lot more difficult to explore disappearances that are that old because it's like, what am I trying to say? Why am I not being articulate? It's like, first of all, there's, there was not a lot of technology. Second of all, due to the amount of time that has elapsed, it's, um, things just get lost. Right. So, so there's a lot of question marks, like what happened? This is unclear. Um, But I will tell, I will tell you their story. Okay. Okay. So the center of our story is Ronald and Doreen Jack, who is the couple with the two kids. okay? Okay. Now they were both 26 in 1989 at the time of their disappearance um, there's not a lot that can be found about Ronnie's upbringing, but we're able to know some of Doreen's upbringing from Doreen's younger sister, named uh, I think her name was Marlene, but she goes by Maria or Marie. Um, anyway, supposedly her sister, Marlene, um, did some sort of talk. Uh, about her sister's disappearance. And it should be noted that this family that disappeared is um, Indigenous. So I keep wanting to say Native American, but this happened in Canada. So they are Native Indian Indigenous people, I think from like the First First Nation tribe. And I should probably... I should probably Google if the first nation is a tribe or if it's what, a f- Oh, okay. So first nations people, I guess that just means like native American, but it's not but a specific, native specific Canadian? tribe. Right. Right. It's like native American, but it doesn't, the, the term first nation doesn't identify a specific tribe Okay. or, or ethnicity Mm-hmm. so anyway indigenous yeah Got um so they were indigenous an indigenous family anyway so not much known about ronnie's upbringing but doreen's younger sister spoke at a conference or something involving missing um and murdered indigenous women and she shared It took her a long time to speak up about their life because they lived a really, really hard life. And that's, what's going to be kind of hard to talk about. It might be hard Um, to hear for some of our listeners, but I am going to go over their upbringing. Um, So skip ahead if you don't want to hear this, but um, anyway, so I want to say they had another sister as well. So it was the three girls, Doreen being the oldest, um, Mm -hmm. They grew up in an alcoholic household. So the mother and father were alcoholics. They fought a lot. At some point, their mother basically took off and abandoned them,
1: hmm.
0: leaving them with their father. Um, okay. their, their father was an alcoholic and would oftentimes leave them at home. And by the way, this is all alleged. Um, obviously, I wasn't there. So I don't know these people, but this is what has been told through Doreen's sister about their upbringing. Okay. Okay. So just wanted to get that out there. I obviously don't want to condemn anyone that I don't know. So, yeah. But anyway, so the father uh, was an alcoholic. He wasn't very... He wasn't good to his kids. Um, He oftentimes left them with either babysitters or sometimes even alone while he went out drinking. While he was out drinking, sometimes random men would come into the house to use the girls, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's said that Doreen being the oldest would oftentimes offer herself up in an effort to protect her sisters, which is really horribly depressing. Yeah. Um, Now some sources, and this is another, this is another thing with the time passed and the fact that this has not gotten a ton Mm -hmm. of coverage. Now, a lot of, articles that talk about their disappearance just say, you know, Ronald and Doreen and their two sons, Russell and Ryan. But through Marlene, who's Doreen's sister, apparently according to one source, she actually said that Doreen was 16 years old when she was raped by someone at her school. And as a result of that, she had Russell. Oh, wow. So so I don't believe Ronald, Ronnie was his dad. Okay. Not that that makes a huge difference in the disappearance, but it's just something that I read or I heard um,
1: about it. You never know. I mean, there's a lot of things that can be related to it.
0: Yeah. After, Doreen became pregnant after she was raped. Uh, Her father kicked the girls out of the house because he basically sounds like he blamed her and was angry um, that she was pregnant. But apparently he had a change of heart and eventually allowed the girls to move back in. What an an upstanding guy, right? Yeah. (laughs) So... Another, okay, another sad thing was, at some point, I think, Marlene and Doreen tracked down their mom, who had moved, um, and their mother wanted nothing to do with them, and basically cursed them out. Oh, my Uh, God. Yeah, so that, that gives you a sense of the difficult life these people had, like. Oh. So it was at this time that I believe Marlene uh, was living in a different part of Canada. Doreen moved back or moved to um, Prince George, British Columbia. Mm -hmm. Marlene got into homelessness and kind of lived her life on her own for a while, but she stayed in contact with Doreen via phone. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's get to the events leading up to the disappearance. So Ronnie and Doreen at some point get together. Okay. And get married. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm Mm -hmm. unclear about exactly when that happened, but there was also alleged abuse in that relationship. Oh Um, my God. According to an article, this is a quote from Marlene, who's her sister. And she says, quote, That one time, Doreen and I were talking. We were drinking at a rodeo grounds just outside of Burns Lake. And me and Doreen were sitting there talking, bonding as sisters. And we were laughing away. And all of a sudden, I got punched across the, he just punched, punched out. I looked up and then I saw Ronnie beating up on Doreen. And then Doreen, she wasn't even crying or screaming or nothing. She was just protecting herself. So that was a quote from her sister. Um, And I think there was another, I read something else where she was saying how it was disturbing to her, how normal that Doreen just seemed to think abuse was
1: from these people,
0: which again, I don't want to like put down somebody who we don't actually know what happened, but it sounds like this woman was just put through a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah, in her, that's in her horrible. life.
0: 26 years old. Um oh my God. Anyway, so it's unclear what kind of a husband Ronnie was, but her sister said he was hitting her that one time, at least that she saw. Anyway, well,
1: one time is more than enough, also. Oh, absolutely. It was only once.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not okay. Doreen has this son, Russell. And eventually, uh, Ronald and Doreen have baby Ryan. Let's talk about the Jack family. They they were living in Prince George. They were allegedly living on government assistance um, because they didn't have money. Okay. Um, and I think Marlene said something like she had heard about or seen or something that her sister Doreen had stolen cough syrup to give to her kids. So that gives you an idea of how kind of desperate and how hard things were for them. So, yeah. Ronnie was allegedly really close to his family, um, particularly his, his mother. And on August 1st of 1989, he was at the first leader hub in Prince George, which wasn't too far from their home, the Jack's home. Um, so this was a pub. Yeah, this was a pub and I don't know how to say this politely. I read a lot of stuff online where some people were saying this kind of was a place where a lot of homeless people hung out and it was kind of like one of those sketchier places. Okay. Um, that's just what I read. Yeah. Anyway, so it's August 1st, 1989. Ronnie's at this pub. He meets a man, a Caucasian man there, um, who offers him a job at a logging camp, uh, in the Klukels Lake area. Okay. Which if I remember correctly, it's a little bit West of where they lived. So this man offers Ronnie a job and also offers his wife isn't there I don't think but I they got to talking I guess and basically this man said Ronnie would be bucking logs and his wife could work as a cook in the kitchen that was oh. at this this camp.
1: Why is this guy just randomly offering jobs to people he meets at night at a bar? Well, I'm I <laughs> I read a few things
0: that said that, you know, a lot of jobs were inform like informally offered like this, a lot of jobs like this, kind of like people talking like, hey, I got a job, you know, okay. so I don't know, <laughs> but <laughs> it could be that they got to talking and Ronnie was saying how down they were on their luck and,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: um, could they you, and then he just said, Hey, I know this job that happens to be anyway.
1: Yeah, we're always looking for loggers. I'm sure you could come, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah.
0: Right. Early in the morning, so basically in the middle of the night, he reached out to his family. This is Ronnie, uh, to let them know that he and Doreen were offered this job and that they would be gone for 10 days for this new position. Now they also were bringing the boys with them because allegedly there was a, a daycare that was on oh. this logging job. Um, nice. But the, another source that I read that had a lot more information was that allegedly Ronnie called his brother or something and asked his brother if he could watch the kids while him and Doreen went to this job. Okay. Okay. And his brother allegedly said, you know, that he couldn't watch the kids for that long. So Mm -hmm. eventually he calls his, I think his mother, and says that they'll be gone for 10, out of town for 10 days for this new job. But they promised to be back for when it was time for Russell to start school. Because Russell is nine, Russell's nine years old. Okay. This man was said to be, said to have been, a white man, approximately 35 to 40 years old, um, just over six feet tall, weighed somewhere between 200 and 275 pounds. That's quite the range. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, and it's also important to know that the Jack family didn't have a car. Oh. So allegedly this man was to give them a ride to the job site. Okay.
1: Okay. Is this the man that offered them the job? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So it's 1.30 in the morning,
0: they go back to the house um, and they pack their stuff and they get in the car with this man. And this is alleged, uh, apparently this is what I don't understand. A cousin of the Jacks. So I don't know whose cousin this was. Um, but apparently a cousin was by there at that time and saw this guy. Okay. Uh, so anyway, they get in the car and they drive off and they have never been seen again. The entire wow. family. The family became concerned, obviously, when they didn't show back up. Uh, Obviously, when it was time for school to start for Russell, they didn't show back up. um, But they weren't reported missing right away because allegedly. um, I mean, I I think some of the family maybe thought, well, you know, maybe this job lasts a bit longer and they didn't bother calling, you know, Cause they yeah. know they really needed money, but that's, that's basically it. Um, there is one more thing about this. On January 28th of 1996, which is seven years after the Jack family was last seen. Okay. Um, they get a call, the, the RCMP, which is the Canadian police. Mm-hmm. They get a call that the Jack family was dead and buried In the south end of Gordy's Ranch. But the call was a bit like it was muffled. So they don't know if he said Gordy's or Cordy's or Cory's. The call was traced back to Stony Creek in the Vanderhoof area. Um, But the caller was never identified. And this other source that had a lot of information said that the... Call was traced to like a house where there was a big party happening. So it's possible that whoever called it in wasn't even there, you know, didn't live there and was just there. Yeah. Anyway. So they called and they said this family was dead and buried. They did extensive searches of several places where they thought it might be. And Mm -hmm. they thought this person may be referring to. Never found any trace of them. Wow. So it's, again, a lot of question marks. My questions are, what is the cousin doing over there at 1.30 in the morning? I mean, maybe that's not that weird. Okay.
1: So my first thought, is this logging camp legit? Like it actually exists where the guy said it was going to be. And also, this guy that drove them to the logging camp, is he for real? <laughs> like Is he an employee there that they can like they verify that he was an employee there? Um, did he disappear as well? All good questions. Those are my first three questions. <laughs>
0: the guy didn't give them a specific name of the logging camp or anything like that. It sounds like he just gave them an area where it was alleged to alleged to be. Okay. That's one. No, that's a good point. Also, no other person has been reported missing. That could have been this unidentified man. So, Mm -hmm. um, there's that, but a lot of people are saying this is too good to be true there are no such like a logging job is, first of all, I don't even know what logging is. And people, I hope people don't come for me about how I don't research the cases. I just didn't find, I should have, I do research, but anyway, I don't know what logging is.
1: Okay. There's a lot of pieces that you could be researching, but like, do you really need to spend your time researching what logging is when we're really more focused on the case? But I think logging like I think I thought that logging is is like cutting down the trees and then cutting them into smaller logs and running them through the machinery so you can like transport the logs to wherever. That's my understanding of it.
0: Well, you're right because I just consulted a friend of mine called Google and it says okay. logging or commercial logging involves cutting trees for sale as timber or pulp. But the point is I, I I read a lot of Reddit, okay, and a lot yeah. of these, a lot of people have said, you know, it's a dangerous job, and it's unheard of that there would be a daycare at these logging camps, but
1: then again, you know, I don't know. That did strike me as unusual. I guess my first thought was, oh, that's really nice and unexpected, So I guess I was kind of naive to have that thought because the more I think about it, it's why would there be a daycare at a logging site? That does seem very unsafe and just very unusual. So they have to hire people to watch the kids while people are working. It just doesn't seem like a very good business model. There's certainly some job sites where they offer daycares you know, like a, like sometimes a hospital will have a daycare setting, um, but it's just not very common. And logging is not one where I would think that they would offer that. Right. So that's a good point.
0: So there's obviously uh, one more rumor, and this is a rumor, and I don't know where this came from, but allegedly Ronnie owed people money. I don't know for what. Yeah. I don't know if it was gambling or Mm. what, but so that's another factor. Now the factor could be how desperate he was for money or there's so there's theories here. So should I rattle off all the theories or should we go one by one or should I rattle them off? And you tell me what sounds intriguing to you.
1: I have one more thought before you get to those theories. Go ahead. Just to jump back the, rapist when she was 16 i wonder if they investigated him because if her oldest child is the son of this rapist is he somehow involved wow. in the disappearance because
0: that that's is his that's something i had never thought of before um it, That's a really interesting angle. Honestly. Um, I don't know anything about the identity of, because again, this case is so, um, it's not reported hardly it's there's, there's information on it, but the information is very scarce. And Mm -hmm. I listened to a great, and I'm going to link the video in the, when I post this, I will link it as a source because it was a really great resource. But I don't, I haven't seen the information about her being raped anywhere except this one source. And I think that was from her sister and it's called The Disappearance of the Jack Family and it's by a channel called The Slain Project. I feel like this person does a lot of videos on indigenous people and she did a great, really good um, video on on the Jack family. Oh, okay, um, so that's where I got this from, and I, I think this person um, actually like watched whatever conference that the sister. And some of this stuff is only available in Canada, but I think this person, yeah. So she lists. Okay, never mind. She has literally like 20 sources here. So she did a better, she did a better job than I did anyway. Wow. I just went on a tangent, but anyway, the only source that I got that she was raped at all was from this particular video. Um, but I believe it because she had the most information and she has all these sources and I think she heard the sister speak or something. So, yeah. But anyway, I don't know anything more about the identity of this person that raped her. Yeah. And 1626, that's 10 years later. I mean, true.
1: It does seem like an off chance that this guy would want to be suddenly involved in her life 10 years later, but you know, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. The other thing is just not, we don't know much about Ronnie except for that piece of information that he may have been abusive. Um, And does that extend farther than that? Did he by chance make up this story to get his whole family in a car to a dangerous location or, you know, was he dangerous and had nefarious intent and wanted to do something terrible to his family?
0: That's a, that's also a theory.
1: Know. It
0: happens. It does happen, sadly. And that, that is a theory um, people have put forward because of the alleged abuse. The person, for what it's worth, the person that put together that great video I mentioned, doesn't believe mm-hmm. that he was the perpetrator. But it certainly you know, has been put out there that he could have done something to his family and then took off. But that's not what my gut is telling me. And the reason for that is because he was allegedly like super close with his family, like his parents and his like cousin and whatever siblings. So, okay, but it, you know, it could be okay. another theory. There's a lot of different things. So like it could have been, was Ronnie lying about the nature of this job? Was it something more of the illegal nature but he told his family it was logging when it was that something. Mm-hmm. And he knew that, but didn't tell them. Or somebody also said online, if the position was a little sketchy, maybe not totally cool legally, maybe yeah. not totally legal. Maybe that's why nobody's come forward to say, yeah, we offered them the job or Something like that. That's true. My, my other, my other thing is if, what is the motive here? Let's say the job isn't real and the man did this for nefarious reasons. Why? Like, why would you lure a family and murder them or whatever? Like, is this human trafficking was this, like, a debt he owed? Like, why would you just kill an entire, like, why, why not just target him? You know, was the wife the target? And that's why he's like, oh, your wife can work here, too. Yeah. I mean, who who of the family was the target? Was it the kids? Did they want the kids? Um, another thing I've seen, not to, like, completely just throw these at you. but yeah, go ahead. I've also seen what if like there was a car wreck on the way to whatever job this was, because it was a remote area. There was a lot of like, like cliffy terrain, no wreckage or anything has been found and no one else has been reported missing. Like that Caucasian man that allegedly took them. Yeah. Um, But that is another theory that there was an accident and they're like at the bottom of a lake or something. In the In the vehicle,
1: could be, so,
0: in conclusion, I don't know
1: <laughs> yeah there's there's a lot of angles that you could take with this one. Mhm-,
0: yeah, but none of the family has ever been seen again. Wow,
1: yeah. and no evidence. Like no, no bodies, no wreckage, no evidence of death.
0: Uh, The police say that they've considered the possibility of an accident. Um, But if that were the case, they would have found wreckage and that this mysterious man um, that allegedly gave them the ride would have also most likely been reported missing. Yeah. And he never was. I mean you would think somebody would come out and say, Hey, you know, our employee at this ranch or whatever was gone and he never came back. And I don't know. Hmm.
1: Yeah. And you make a good point. Who was the target here? Because it could have been any of them, you know, it could have been the children and they are being trafficked or were trafficked. At the time. Same with That's the That's terrible. How
0: common is human trafficking, like, or was human traffic trafficking? Yeah, I um, don't know. At the time. I don't either. You,
1: you definitely hear about it more now, but I don't know if that means that it is a bigger problem now.
0: So here's a profile on the family that was on CanadaUnsolved.com. Yeah, so this says on Tuesday, August 1st, 1989, Ronnie Jack left the first leader pub in Prince George, British Columbia, feeling hopeful. At 26 years old, Ronnie had been out of work due to a back injury and the Jack family had been living on welfare. Someone at the bar that night offered to help. The man told Ronnie about a job opportunity for him and his wife, Doreen, at a logging camp or ranch in the Klukels Lake area. About 40 kilometers west of Prince George, Prince George. Ronnie was offered a job bucking logs. Doreen was offered a position as a cook's helper in the camp kitchen. The man told Ronnie the camp even had a daycare for the couple's two sons, Russell and Ryan. The Jacks didn't have the car, have a car, so the man offered to drive them to the job site that night. This is a picture of the pub, which I'll post. Mm-hmm. At 11.16 p.m., Ronnie called his brother and told him about the camp job. Two hours later, he called his parents and said they would be on the site for 10 to 14 days, but would be home by the time school began. So the man waits for the family to pack their belongings. At 1.21 a.m. on August second, nineteen 1989, all four members of the family were seen leaving their home and piling into the man's four-wheel-drive dark-colored pickup truck, and they were never seen again. They were reported missing later in the
1: month. I'm kind of surprised that that, that Ronnie um, was out of work due to a back injury and then accepted a job in logging, which seems hard on your back.
0: You want to know what? That yeah. is a great point. And somebody actually said that in the Reddit thread, Mm -hmm. um, quote, tube sweater guru says that seems like quite the physical job for a dude that's not been working due to a back injury. Um, some other people commented, one of them said, desperation makes you do dumb things. That's number one. Or number two, somebody said, um, His back could have been healed by the time he got the, quote, job offer, but not fast enough to be able to keep his old job. So, you know, it's unclear.
1: Right. I would not want to aggravate my back if I just recovered from a back injury by doing something so intense. But maybe Ronnie was in a position where he said, you know, I need to get a job and I'm a man and I'm physically capable of it. Yeah. I mean, if you're poor, you're poor. Yeah. You just say, you know, I got to do what I got to do. Yeah. This is a job. I'm going to take a job.
0: There's just going to be a lot of unanswered questions because it's just, it's so long ago now. And I mean, 33 years have passed. The kids would be like 40. Russell would be like 41, 42. And Ryan would be 35. 36 years old if they were still alive at this point and the parents Mm -hmm. would be in their fifties. So I'm going to be honest. I think they're probably deceased. Mm -hmm. Um, don't know why. Um, I go back, I go back and forth about the reason, but uh, I think, I think my gut goes towards foul play here. Yes. And I don't know, I don't know why, but that's what I think.
1: Yeah. I agree with you on that point. I
0: think, Um, but I don't know if it was because Ronnie there, this job wasn't what Ronnie said it was, and it was something more sketchy um, or if it was because they genuinely believed this job offer was real and, it turned out to be something worse, you know?
1: Yeah. I tend to lean on that side that they thought the job offer was real. Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway, that's all I have. If you have any information about the disappearance of the Jack family in 1989, you can call Prince George RCMP at 250-561-3300 you can reference case number 1989-28607 and you can also go to canadiancrimestoppers.org slash tips and you can tip completely anonymously. One minute and 43 seconds is dedicated to my number one fan. Thanks, Dad. I love you, and I miss you. This podcast has been approved by Skipper the Cat. Right, Skippy?